I'm not sure how much of this story you know or even how much I should share. We'll give it a shot. It was like 1992, 1993, a guy named Isom Ballinger, what a great name I can remember thinking, Isom Ballinger, uh, showed up in the hills of East Tennessee at Carson Newman where I was a religion major student. And he circled a group of us around, religion majors, all of us, with eyes cast towards seminary, wondering what in the world we were supposed to do next with our lives. The the fundamentalist takeover in Southern Baptist life on the seminary level had pretty much come to its... Uh, its head. It wasn't completed, but it was certainly just about completed. And and I know I, along with many others, just were wondering what next. Like it doesn't feel like there's any place we can go where we will be encouraged to continue to question and thrive and grow. It just didn't feel safe. And this guy named Ison Ballinger shows up and I can remember how spunky he was. And I can remember later learning that he was actually this really significant person at the International Mission Board that had that had actually resigned in his very prominent post out of principle and thinking to myself, well, that that confirms something that I was kind of sensing to be true about this guy, that, that there was just something about him that felt adventurous but also just pointed to integrity based in a closeness to God and an understanding of what calling is even when it gets tough. So when Ison Ballinger said, I want you all to consider taking a risk and coming to this brand new seminary that has just started recently, I can remember thinking that does feel awfully risky. It's not even accredited, but if somebody like Isom Ballinger is going to be there, I should at least take a look. Well, you know, shortly thereafter, I, I along with the, uh, many of the others, um, met somebody named Beth McMahon, who was the admissions director, and she was cut in the same the same cloth. And I can just remember thinking to myself, "Well, two makes a trend," and I took the leap of faith. I and my um, my brand new uh, wife launch off to Richmond from East Tennessee with so many questions, but also with this sense: this is where this is where it is. This is the place that that home is going to be. Now, when I showed up to the seminary, it was only meeting in this tiny little house on Palmyra Avenue, and um, that's in the north side of Richmond, just off Brook Road. And I can remember thinking maybe this was a mistake. Like, this is so dinky. This is so tiny. And um, and even in those initial days, the, the first semester, I can remember thinking, is this place even going to make it? Like, it, it felt exciting. Uh, but obviously, there was just this sense of who knows where bread will come tomorrow. But here we are today. And... Um, and we grew together, and we found ourselves being used to help grow that place. So this tiny little seminary on Palmyra Avenue nurtured and loved on me and many others like me. And um, I found myself about a year and a half into that experience. I'm trying to make this short, not too detailed. I found myself in a seminary that was small but thriving, but found myself in a place where I was uh, 
I wasn't thriving on a personal level or even from an educational standpoint, I was really struggling. Uh, my best friend had died out of the blue um, about a, a year, about a year ago at that point. And my marriage that was still very, very young had pretty much dissolved. And my soon-to-be now, now I call her ex-wife, but the person that was about to become my ex-wife was telling me that she was leaving. And I can just remember thinking to myself and even articulating out loud, this was a mistake. I, I thought coming to this place and calling it home is what God wanted me to do. But it's very clear to me that if that maybe that wasn't true or if it was true, maybe I, um, maybe I just blew it. I know at the time I was feeling like a tremendous failure and... Um, I pretty much said out loud, and pretty much, I, I said out loud in, in some not-so-nice words to people that were trying to care for me, I'm out. Like, I don't even know somebody that's a divorced pastor, and it's very clear to me that I don't fit. I don't belong here. Now, there's a whole other half to this story that I'll tell you another time, and uh, it's every bit as grace-filled and and instruments of healing wouldn't even begin to describe the role that Mechanicsville Baptist Church, the church that I was serving at, um, fulfilled in my life at the time. But for today's point, uh, the seminary community of just not, you know, just not, not even a couple hundred people total just loved on me and refused to let me go. I took a, a, a break, about a semester-long break from seminary um, wondering if I would go back, but, but not following through with what I had proclaimed I was going to do, which is leave. And I got to just kind of watch the seminary continue to grow and struggle and thrive and blow it and everything in between from a distance. And when I circled back around and came back to the seminary, I found myself strangely feeling more at home the second time around than I had when I first arrived the first go-around. You know, when I graduated from BTSR, I had so much gratitude in my heart, and at the same time, I was so ready to leave. Not because I was still in active pain. I actually had found myself healed with scars, of course, but very much healed and feeling like I have been given another chance to fulfill call and, and live life again. But when I left BTSR in Richmond, I, I planned on putting it in the rearview mirror and never coming back, not out of bitterness or anger, but more just been there, done that. That chapter's closed, and it's a big world out there that God wants me to serve in. And so very much hitting fast forward several years later when a church in Richmond called and said, would you consider coming and taking a risk and becoming our pastor. And I in turn said, well, church, if you feel like that's what God wants, I'm wondering if you're sure that's what you want. Are you willing to take a risk on somebody that's never done this before? I guess this is what, what we should do. And the church agreed. And back in 2004, would you believe that Laura and I and our two children at the time, Wade and Bren, packed up and moved to Richmond and we bought a house on Palmyra Avenue at the opposite end of, uh, of where the seminary first called um, home. They're close to Brook Road. 
third time around. And somehow it felt more like home this go around than it had the previous two. You know, as I grew as a young minister uh, at Tabernacle, I found myself continually amazed at the grace and the gift of daily bread that came by way of the seminary community, the professors that had mentored the church, the students that had come and taken a risk in, in pouring themselves into the church, and in turn, the beautiful church that poured herself into these students with so much love that was unconditional and outward focused. I found myself continually shocked as we brought seminary interns in from BTSR at how God actually used them to keep us focused beyond ourselves, to get out of navel gazing mode and constantly look at the role that we were playing with the larger Christian church and in God's call with the mission with a capital M in the world. I found myself standing at the threshold so many times with each and every one of you with gratitude in my heart that God had brought this student, now graduate to us, that we were now with tears in our eyes and smiles on our faces sending out into the world. And I can just remember as we as a church struggled and thrived and stumbled into success and um, sabotaged ourselves into failure over and over again right there alongside a small little seminary that was doing the exact same thing that somehow God was at work in the smallness and imperfection of both these places in a way that, um, that made the world a better place and made us better Christians. One of the things that I mourn, one of the many things that I am grieving, and I'm really very much beginning to understand how little I've grieved properly is the closure of BTSR. We didn't really get a chance to, uh, to grieve that properly. We didn't really find ourselves in a place that, that we could, uh, or maybe we could have and we just blew it, I don't know, but we didn't, we didn't pause the way that we should have just to say thank you to God and to love on those who are walking around with wounds from having, um, having been so intricately involved with BTSR in her last days of existence. I don't think it's too late for us to grieve properly or offer gratitude properly. You know, I, I'll add to that list the row house story of Tabernacle and so many other things that we're going to have to circle back around and just acknowledge and find a way to celebrate and mourn and everything in between with so many things. But for today, let me just say I'm feeling especially grateful and especially sad about the closure of BTSR. About three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, it was a really cold Saturday morning. I was, uh, I was reluctant to, get, to roll out of bed and show up, but I knew that there are others that had rolled out of bed way before I did and had been working hard, hard, hard to prepare for that morning. And um, I had no business <laughs> hitting snooze. I got out of bed. I put on as many layers as I could, and I showed up for community ministry early on a Saturday morning in January. And um, 
I remember moving through the morning uh, as I've been trying to do as much as I can, just kind of being um, being the, the the pastor in the alley. It's it's the greatest gig ever. I get to, um, of course, I'm wearing a mask and keeping you know at least six feet distance. But we're 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 just there's this long row of cars of people that have come for food and clothing. And I get the blessing of being um, in many cases introduced to many of our neighbors uh, by some of our beloved uh, leaders in that ministry that, that know these folks well, and they're I'm being introduced as the pastor and, and kind of just get to love on people and ask how I can pray for them and, and in turn ask them to pray for us. And, uh, and I had been doing that, you know, for about an hour that morning, and just my heart was full of gratitude. Where in these these tender moments, where you see all of these people struggling, and at the same time thriving in the kingdom, one car at a time, and it's just holy ground. That's all. That's all I. That's all. That's all I know to call it. But I remember taking a break after about an hour because I had left my coffee. Not, uh, not in my hand uh, because I didn't want to risk accidentally taking my mask down. So I went to go get my coffee and lift my mask up, you know, away from people and take a sip of something warm. I was getting cold. And as I did so, uh, two or three sips and then put it back down, put my mask back on and turned around, I saw this table that had been there all morning and I just hadn't, I hadn't paid attention on that table was a, a plastic crate that you would see at, at any grocery store from somebody delivering, you know, carbs and all of her goodness, you know, bread and packaging. And it was just, it was just half full now. It, it had been full, but now it just had a handful of plastic unopened bags of bread. And as I looked at that basket, I thought, wow, we've had a lot of people come through. A lot of bread has gone through this place today, through the alley. I looked just below that basket, and the table that it was, that it was sitting on was this white plastic table that I had forgotten about. We received it late last fall as the seminary dissolved. I don't know, maybe it wasn't last fall. I guess it was even way before that. But I, I remember the day that we received it thinking yeah i'm sure we could use that it, it was from the dissolving of the seminary they uh, you know beth and tracy and jay and and uh, terry and so many others had um had been making rounds with different churches to say hey we have these things do you need them and uh, we ended up with the table and do you know on that saturday morning as i looked I looked at the table that was holding the bread that had been given out all morning on that sacred ground there, there written in magic marker in, um, in Sharpie, BTSR admissions. I paused and mourned. I paused and cried out silently words of praise and gratitude for the bread that that place provided in my life and so many of yours and in the ways mysteriously not indifferent from the Emmaus moment at all in the Gospel of Luke on that very Saturday morning. 
for surely he was here all along and we didn't realize it until we broke bread. Mourn with me, friends. Celebrate with me, friends. God's gift of the presence of the Baptist Theological Seminary in Richmond in our past has helped make us who we are. And by the grace of God, she's going to continue to help shape and mold us for years to come.